When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Not all that glitters is gold. Half the story has never been told. Because righteousness governs the world. Come take a musical journey. From the suburbs of Long Island to the ghettos of Kingston. A heartbreaking overdose. A disturbing discovery. The last chance to redeem a stolen legacy. Broadcasting live and direct from the rolling red hills on the outskirts of Kingston, Jamaica from a magical place at the intersection of words, sound, and power. The red light is on. Your dial is set. The frequency in tune to the Rootsland podcast. Stories that are music to your ears. In the reggae anthem Get Up, Stand Up, the whalers sing, not all that glitters is gold. Half the story has never been told. My friend Brian always dreamed he could make the world a better place. Maybe by me telling his story, he still can. Consequence Podcast Network presents Rootsland, Season 1, Reggae Junkie Joe. Whole barrage of righteous people out there. Because sometimes the story is the best song. It's easy to hear your favorite artist on WFPK from wherever you are. Listen on your smart speaker, live stream from our website at WFPK.org from Louisville Public Media. Consequence Podcast Network. Welcome to another edition of Kyle Meredith with the interview series presented by WFPK at WFPK.org. Consequence of Sound and the Consequence Podcast Network. Hey, hey, thanks so much for uh, making your way here, checking out this series. Uh, Hopefully you like what you hear enough to uh, subscribe. I put out three interviews every single week, a brand new one every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. So if you're into this type of thing, if you want to know what your favorite artists are up to, if you want to discover some new ones or just know what's happening in the music world, uh, please hit that subscribe button. Um, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Acast, uh, YouTube, where you'll find the video version of this, really anywhere you get your favorite podcasts from. I'm Kyle Merida. Today, my guest, Tash Seltana. I'm going to be uh, talking about their brand new record, Terra Firma. It's a record that finds them collaborating with other writers and musicians, really, for the first time uh, on an album. And uh, we're going to talk uh, about the uh, the groove that goes into this. Uh, they've got their very first Fender guitar line. 
And also saxophone. You'll find a lot of saxophone on this record, which makes me really, really happy that that's sort of coming back into uh, popular music right there. I've always been a fan, and Tash tells us about uh, back when they were in high school, in the high school orchestra, you know, learning saxophone back then. Sultana's also going to be talking about finding their center while writing these songs. Um, it was back on the last tour when Tosh says uh, they, they felt like a carcass for a bit of the time, uh, becoming someone that they didn't recognize. But that all kind of changed. They found their center again, as I said, and that became very important to the themes of this record. When you think of that title, Terra Firma, you know, grounded, earth. Also, love, uh, in love with their partner. Uh, it's a big deal. It's these, these are real love songs on this record. So let's jump into this, talking about this record, Terra Firma. It's Kyle Meredith with Tash Sultana. How are you going? What a good radio voice you've got. That is the perfect <laughs> podcast voice. You is know what it? it sounds like? You know when, well, I used to really love playing Grand Theft Auto when I was younger and you can change the radio stations in the car. Mm-hmm. You've got that type of radio voice that you would hear on Grand Theft Auto. I've never had that told to me, but I feel like I want that on, if I had my own one sheet, I would want that on the one sheet. Like, I think that's a pretty high compliment, right? Could have done <laughs> Grand Theft Auto. A lot of people got turned on, if I remember right, like good music from that. Like, I don't quite remember. Was there like real songs on the radio, right? Yeah, real real tracks, but um, it was so long ago now, actually. It was an incredibly inappropriate game to be playing at 10 years old. But you were 10. I did. Oh, my God. I, yeah, I would have been 10 when I would play that. I mean, I'm not a gamer now, but, like, when I was a kid growing up, PlayStation was just, like, it had just come out. And it was just, like, whoa, PlayStation. But I had a Nintendo 64 before PlayStation. No, but, like, with Grand Theft Auto, were you aware of, like, all of the crude, the crude parts of it? I, I turned out fine. Like, I'm still a fuckwit. <laughs> But it wasn't from Grand Theft Auto. <laughs> anyway, that's good. You, you did. You seem to have turned out great, uh, especially as a musician. Uh, I, I always love what you're doing. I got to compliment you on this new record once again. Uh, it's always so cool to hear what you're doing on the next steps. And I know this is, I guess, the next step because I think part of the hook of the, you know, the conversation here is this finds you writing with other people for the first time. And, and if that's right, why the change? I mean, it's only a small part of the record that I uh, did a couple of collab tracks and um, why not? Why not put a couple of brains together in the one room and just jam out? Like the way that it started was I had been asked first to be on other people's tracks and I enjoyed that collaborative process so much that when it came to do my record, I thought, cool, let's do it. And the record's done now and I've seriously got so many other little collab tracks that should come out sometime this year with some pretty big fucking acts to be honest I can't mention the name but yeah it's it's funny what happens you check your dms like I think it's just like the most honorable thing as a musician when someone messages you and says like a big act this happened recently a really really big act American act slid into my dms and said hey we uh we really love what you're doing and we really would like you to produce the next track that we do because we feel like it needs to be you on it, either playing instruments or singing. And that was just like the most honourable thing that, I, that has happened when people come 
and they want you to like sing on a track or they want you to play on a track or they want your input on it like I think that's probably the bit there that like floors me the most I think sure I mean that's that's the compliment that they respect you 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 dropped so many teases though right now and then yank the carpet out like but I can't tell you who like like no hints I cannot no (laughs) For when you're doing that type of writing, though, I mean, since it's sort of still relatively new in the last few years, and, and I do remember, you know, we played the Milky Chance track uh, quite a bit. Does that change the way you write a song? Like did, like the DNA structure of how you would write a song, does it change much? Um, I think it's just like you get influence on other people's workflow. Like it's almost like I take it as mentoring that you can always learn something off somebody else because you would not discover it that way on your own. We're all wired totally differently and that's what makes us so unique and there's going to be people that think about things in ways that you just never did and they're going to hear things that you would never hear. They're going to say things that you would never say and just all of that is sick. Like it's just like the unlocking of things that you would never have gotten to on your own. Does it... For you being such a, uh, I'll just say this broadly, a groove-based artist, does it still start with the riff for you, the groove? It just depends, really. Like, it can start with the horns. It can start with a melody. It can start by humming, and maybe that hum, I turn it into a bass line, and the bass line's feeling a little bit naked, so we put some beats in, and then the beats are feeling a little bit isolated, so we put some guitar in. You can never really have enough guitar, which actually for me, I always have guitar in everything because that's my home base. I was shocked to hear things on the radio with a lack of guitar essence. Like to me, that was just like, where's the guitar? And we should bring up, you've got your, you've got your new uh, signature line, right? I do. It is the color of my shirt. Yeah. So how did that happen? Uh, it's a, it's Fender, right? Uh, so what's in what went into the signature line, what you wanted to get from it? There was a few different prototypes before I decided on the one that you see now, which is the Tash Sultana signature Stratocaster, which is based on an American Pro Series Strat, which is a newer line, a more advanced newer line extension of the Fender Stratocaster. And I had one and I thought, that the playability of it was really, really great. So when I went to design this guitar, I designed it off that as the model and then tweaked it. So, yeah, now I have a guitar, which is crazy, which is nuts. It's really fucking crazy. And and, I, and I'll say, you know, beyond the guitar, the, I think the one of the other instruments that sort of takes a spotlight on this record is, a, is the saxophone, which... I was very happy to hear because, I mean, for what used to be at the early days of rock and roll, basically maybe the lead instrument for a lot of it, you know, and and disappeared a little bit after the 80s. I'm always so happy when it comes back. What was the inspiration there? How did that arrive back in our lives through your music? I just really am moved by horns and strings. So I really enjoy music where you can hear those elements in it. And I kind of, I mean, everything that I do as an artist is not, there's no genre. I just do what I do. And it's based upon the sonics more so than it is on the genre. And, yeah, I mean, the saxophone, I've been whipping that out heaps at the moment. I um, 
I used to be in the school band when I was in year seven for like two terms. They were teaching us how to like sight read. And I had this, I don't even remember this guy's name because it was so long ago. He was the saxophone teacher and he just used to come in just smelling of ciggies and whiskey and, um, yeah, just a full-on high school low-key alcoholic <laughs> teaching horns. But, um, yeah, you know, good on him. He taught me a few things. But I just didn't want to be in the band anymore because I thought it was really fucking lame. And I seriously was... I had nothing to do with any school that I ever went to. Like I was the least involved in anything to do with school because I, I did not want to be there so badly that I didn't even go to my own graduation or any of that shit. I didn't go because what's the fucking point? I don't want to be here. But, yeah, so the saxophone was there. I did two terms of it. And then uh, when I got a little bit older, I actually bought an alto sax and started playing again. So at the moment, I've been loving playing the sax. Well, it, it's it, again, it's really fun hearing it on this record. I mean, it, it adds so much more of a texture. And I know I probably made some kind of audible noise when I first heard it on there. Just uh, just happy to have it back in. But, you know, kind of transitioning, too, because there, there's there's another part of this when you get into the words and, and the music and everything. And I, and I know, I don't know, with the words like terra firma, you know, we know what that means and beyond the pines like I started thinking about this, there's there's something about an earthiness to this record. I think there was something you said in another interview or press release or something where you said you needed to feel like a person again. Is there any relation with that, sort of this grounding that I get from those titles? I was pretty much walking around like a fucking carcass for a bit of time because I was just so burnt out. There was nothing in the tank anymore to the point that, when I was on tour, I was doing like one liter IV infusions once a week with like vitamin C, vitamin B, magnesium, zinc, all that shit straight in the vein just to keep me going because I was really, really burnt. Like I just had to like try and get energy from somewhere. Um, and that's what years and years and years of thousands of shows and excessive touring without stopping will do. And I mean, I just needed to have a break. Like I, I'm really keen to go back on tour again, but I was a bit of a carcass by the end of it, to be honest. Like I was frustrated and I was annoyed with myself. And like, I just was starting to become somebody that I didn't recognize anymore. I was losing my patience with everything. And that's just because I never had the luxury of time to just like stop like and not have to do something or go somewhere or have some expectation of this and that, which mind you, I really, really enjoy all of that. But there is a point where it becomes an unhealthy balance and that's what I reached was this really unhealthy balance. So, yeah, I remember I was doing vitamin B shots intramuscular vitamin b shots in my ass every three days just to get my body like functioning when i got home so that's what i was doing on my ass cheeks for a bit and then taking a shitload of supplements just trying to reset my body and then everything got cancelled anyway so i've just had like the most zen ultimate resetting time and like sometimes i feel like sleeping in it's just like wow this is amazing. 
I think when we talked a few albums ago and maybe the last album and everything, you know, I, I, like I'm not trying to pry. We were talking a little bit about a heartbreak and, and, and the love on this record. To me, it sounds like it's flipped, like the love is not a heartbreak song, although it's it's almost like the fear of losing it, which I guess would mean positiveness. Like, is the love in a positive state this time around? There's definitely, there's definitely no heartbreak. I don't write about heartbreak at all. So there's no heartbreak. No. I'm in an amazing relationship with my partner, which is my one. And um, I've been with them for many, many, many years now. And uh, I'm anything but heartbroken. Got the most wholesome, fulfilled heart in the world. That's really good to hear. Like I said, it, it shows in this music. And that's what I thought, like, the fear of losing something, like, it even comes across in such a positive way. And it's just the way I'm, I'm kind of relating to it, you know, if, I, if I'm close to that at all. But uh, it's cool to hear where you are on all of this. I really do love it. I'm, I'm such a big fan of this. You mentioned the shows. I want to ask about those real quickly because I think... Uh, you know, Australia is a little bit of ahead of, of the rest of us, especially here in America, as far as what you've been able to do, because you have played a few shows or one show, is that right? In front of some people? One show, but we just got the news as of like an hour ago um, that we went into a five-day lockdown because there were some cases in Victoria. And as of tomorrow, that five-day lockdown is lifted and we're back on which means that all my fucking shows are back on as well which is beautiful i've been rehearsing like a mad dog every day for these shows just to enter into the unknown for a little few days it was a bit stressful but we're back on now and i'm feeling prepared which is nuts because i've gone from playing all around the world to all different audiences uh, you know some really big shows some big arena shows some big festivals Bonnaroo Lollapalooza Coachella like just a sea of people right to next week I'm doing two shows and both nights is 500 people a night and I reckon that I've never been so fucking keen for a show in my life <laughs> well I'm super jealous uh actually envious and jealous that you get this experience because I know the rest of us are so ready for that as well. Uh, I'm looking forward to the next time we get to see you over here in the States. And it will happen. It will happen. It will happen. Yeah, we're all just experiencing it at different levels at different times. And quite frankly, it's not up, up to us. It's not our design. We're just the civilians. And um, yeah, got to be fluid with the times. Learn an instrument. Call your nana. Spend more, spend more time on FaceTime with your mum write a poem, have a cry, you know, plant some fucking vegetables. Learn the saxophone. I feel like that's what I need to be doing right now. Learn the saxophone, yeah. <laughs> uh, Tosh, it's always great to talk to you. Thank you so much for doing this. Congrats on this new record. Um, I guess we'll see you when we see you. I'll be there when I can be. Take it easy. Tosh Sultana talking about Terra Firma. Now, I also want to include two more interviews that we've done over the years. This one goes back to 2018, when Tosh just released uh, their debut LP, uh, Flow State, we talked about dealing with uh, an ego and their ever-evolving guitar abilities. It's part two of Kyle Meredith with Tash Sultana. <laughs> Hello. We talked for the first time in September of last year when everything was just starting. So what, uh, what a difference a year makes. 
It's been a weird one. Is that how you would classify it? Is it is weird? Well, it's weird in the sense that like I don't feel any different, but everyone around me has started acting a little bit more different towards <laughs> me. It's really strange because I'm still the same person. But all of a sudden, you know, everyone that I went to school with 10 or 15 years ago is, uh, is keen on being my mate now. <laughs> I think that's, uh, I should probably say congratulations because that's definitely one of the marks of success from what I'm told. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, in all seriousness, congratulations on Flow States. You know, coming off that EP and, and uh, you know, everybody's always curious when any artist kind of arrives in, in, you know, in that fashion with all that attention, what the follow-up's going to be like. And you knocked it out. It's it's a fantastic record. Thanks. I reckon the second one's going to be better, though. I hope so. I mean, I think every artist wants that as well. So we'll start there. You know, having that EP... And, and I guess more so, having spent all the time on the road while that was going on, did that have any different effect towards how you approached, uh, you know, a Flow State once you really got going on it? Well, all of the songs that are on Flow State, I've been cooking them up in the oven for a long time. So really, I didn't find it too difficult to come up with the album because it was already written it had written itself over all these years because I'd only ever done an EP before that. So, you know, I had like four to six songs that have been officially released. And then the album is 13. And then some of those, you know, I'd never recorded, but I'd been playing for years. And then some of them I, I wrote and then knew. And then I've not stopped writing music since then, so I've got probably maybe about seven or eight songs that I've written or new that that I'm gonna start recording. I'm just I'm just wanna record this like really big catalogue of music and then when it comes to re re recording things properly, like that aren't, you know, demoed or, or kind of all that stuff, then I reckon the second album would be better because I've got more time now. I like I understand the time that it took for the first one. So now I understand what I'm gonna do differently for the second. I mean that's you're miles ahead of, of the usual sophomore album story when when an artist feels like they don't have time and it's rushed and they don't have the songs in the catalog i mean that you're even you know where you are that's that's commendable pretty much the record labels go you're in this for a two album deal if you want more you can have more each album's going to be at least 45 minutes mate one of my songs is about 45 minutes long (laughs) anyway so it's easy that's a way to do it it's a great way to Get the easy. <laughs> but I don't have producers in my ear telling me that I need to be going a certain direction and all of that because I produce everything on my own. And, like, you know, I want to collab with people in the future and, and do different projects, but you know, I'm going to do one more, just just me, and then after that do something different, I reckon. One of the things um, I do love about your songs is the mood that gets painted in there. And I, I, I was curious about the importance of painting that mood, if it feels like it's ever more important than maybe the story that you're trying to also convey in the lyrics. I'm really soundscapey, so lyrics usually come second to me. It's usually the instrumentation and all of that first, and then the lyrics fit in somewhere. But because, yeah, I mean, soundscapey is kind of the perfect way to, to, to say that. I mean, ethereal sometimes even, you know? I just like to let the music do the the thing. Your, your past has been talked about a lot, you know, how you got started and all that. I, where did your style of guitar playing, did that come from any one place or was that, you know, built out of because there is there is sort of a jam quality, but I wouldn't call you jam music 
exactly? I jam. Um, it's, all big, it's all one big jam, really. I don't know. I like it, a lot of different style of guitar players, but I'm also at this point right now where I'm like self-doubting my abilities as a guitarist because I think that I should be much better than where I am right now. So I'm going to get studying when I get home because like the level, I think most artists experience this, the inadequacy kind of thing after you've done a big project and you're kind of like, all right, well, I've done that. So what, what am I doing now? And, uh, fuck that guy's so much better on the guitar than me. What the fuck? I need to go and practice. Yeah, it's incredible though, because you know, when I, of course, when I listen to the record, I mean, I mean, those solos at the end of, like, Big Smoke and Cigarettes, those are monsters. And I know that's, you know, we're, we're just talking about soloing here, and, and, and I think you're talking about the big picture of guitar playing. But, uh, you know, that's if, if that was the only thing on the record, I would already be impressed. I just, I, I want to, you know, guitar's like first, my first bass kind of thing for me. And I feel like when you're in the world, you don't do new things. You kind of just relaying all the stuff that you've already done, and it doesn't give you like a massive leeway to experiment. Well, for me, I'm talking in my perspective of how I function on the road. And um, yeah, fuck, I need to work on some shit. Hey, like anything specific that you're looking to try to, you know, push forward on that? The whole picture, yeah. the whole picture, like you know, getting my percussion up to like. Ex- I want to get more experimental and like get it really tight and just get everything, take a big step up. You just have to have that drive because as soon as you start thinking that you are the best, well, you're not. That's actually a perfect segue right there. Um, a few of the songs I, I wanted to ask about, Murder to the Mind, uh, starting with that. You, you're talking about that, you know, and it, it brings to mind ego. And I think I heard you talk about that one time, that the song is sort of a murder of the ego and uh, and, and starting yeah. over. You just learn that when you grow up, you know, like the mindset that you have when you're like 18 and 19, like teenager kind of thing. You think you are not going to die and that you are the best or whatever you, you that you're thinking, but it's it's not like you know you don't you only know nineteen or eighteen or nineteen years of information as opposed to twenty five, thirty, forty years of information. And as soon as you start neglecting knowledge, you become dumb and ignorant because you don't know everything, and you never will. So this is like a whole abundance of all these beautiful resources to learn new things to be better in like you know as an artist or as a person if you do it if you accept the fact that you're not at that level and that you need to practice. I mean, even acknowledging that, being aware of that, you know, that's mm-hmm. <laughs> impressive too. It comes back up on cigarettes, and I think I guess that's why I centered in on those too, because the subject of ego returns. That and it's only in one line. You're not going to be the one to mold my ego, and I don't know. So that's kind of rattling around there, you know. I guess thematically. That's kind of in reference to like the success and the people around you that have this view of you. They're not going to mold me into to thinking that I'm something that I'm not, whether it is good or bad. I thought cigarettes also an interesting metaphor for dependency uh, a lot of times. Yeah, well, you know, cigarette here and there is nice. Let's, <laughs> let's not lie. I don't have a question for this one, but I also want to give you uh, really props on that song, Salvation. I think it's one of the best damn singles of 2018. I mean, I, I really hope Thanks. that's a classic, you know? Thanks. Yeah. I, I work really hard on that song, actually. I started that song over so many fucking times. 
do you is there do you do you keep the old versions of a lot of those songs? Are there demos yeah, sitting around? Be, yeah, they are. Is that something you're ever going to let the world hear? Probably not. <laughs> I blame you. I don't. It's pretty amazing. And and then you know the way these come live because they're different. And and I think as you've said many times, they're, they're sort of meant to be different. And what I also appreciate is. You're doing something that a lot of people aren't doing. While a lot of people are are trying to get to the hook faster, you're you're injecting patience into it. it. It's almost like a challenge to your listeners. Well, it's about the performance, and like it's patience because it's looping requires patience, and it also requires like a massive dissection of knowledge. So, like when I record something in the studio, I'm always Every time I hear a song, whether it's somebody else's or mine, or I always think, how can I loop that? How can I loop it? And you either simplify simplifying things with less is more, or you're overcomplicating things to add where things aren't. And it's about the patience. Like it's about like I can do this and create all this amount of sound on my own, but I also can play with the band as well if I want to. So I, you know. I'm going to do different projects down the line, but the project at the moment is to see how far I can take this just the way that it is. And it's gone, it's exceeded, fuck, like, what I thought that it was going to, to be honest. And, like, you know, you're pulling quite a few thousand, like, I'm pulling quite a few thousand people to a show every night, and people have patience. Like, people don't have patience in this world because there's this, like, abundance of information everywhere that you can access instantly, and there is no patience. And... I like to bring the patience back. Like, you don't have to get to the chorus in 20 seconds or 30 seconds. I don't think. Or you don't even have to have. You don't even have to have a chorus. You can have a song that's seven minutes long, or you can have one that's one minute long. Like, I don't know. I don't have like a commercial standard of writing. I'm not trying to inject myself into like a mainstream media or point of view. You know, that three minute, 30 second song that's got the hook line and sinker. I'm not. I don't care for that. Yeah, you proved that it works too. That uh, that you can survive just fine off of that. Well, lots of other people also do as well. Like the music that I listen to is not mainstream pop music and that type of scenario that's taken the world by storm kind of thing. I I listen to a lot of music that requires patience, really. Well, I love how it turns out. Uh, I'm really interested to see where it goes, too. I mean, hearing you talk about that next record already is really exciting. I, I do understand that we'll probably still have to wait a little while. I mean, I, I hope you get a break at some points, that you get to just chill out for a second. I'm about to have a break. This is the last run before I have five months off. Yeah, no, that's good. I don't know what I'm going to do with that time <laughs> off. It's just so much. Binge. Binge watch something. I don't know. It's <laughs> No. <Nah. laughs> Seth, I don't watch the TV. Not your style. No. Uh, well, Tosh, I, I really do love Flow State. Uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to hearing the next one, too. And uh, congratulations on this one, and, and thanks so much for taking the time to talk to me about it. Thanks. Uh, Catch you later. Now to conclude, I'm going to jump back uh, all the way to 2017, the first time Tosh and I had spoken. Uh, they had just had a very big 2016 after a few years spent busking on the streets in Melbourne. Uh, the Australian artist hit pay dirt when a YouTube video they posted gathered over a million views in just five days. And suffice it to say that life had been a bit crazier since then. And at this point, Taj had had a, a world tour behind an EP. So we got to talk about uh, their early days, uh, as early as three years old, actually, and the sounds that made up that debut EP. Part three of Kyle Meredith with Tash Seltana. What's up, dude? Hi, how are you? I'm all right. 
I'm not crying, so I'm okay. How are you? Yeah, falling for the music. It's easy to fall for. I mean, the, I know the Notion EP is what we got right now, but it's uh, uh, seriously cool That's music. actually all I've got as well. Yeah, it's going sick man. I wouldn't trade it for anything else because I can't do anything else, so I'm just going to like stick at this. How's the whole thing felt right now? Because from the outside, it, it, it certainly feels like this all started in earnest like a year ago, and it's been a complete roller coaster. Uh, at least that's what it looks like. Um, it started a long time ago, and then the last kind of year and a half has been pretty nuts. Yeah. But it's dope. <laughs> I mean, have you been Loving able it. to keep control of the whole thing, or is it is it just really one of those stories where, you know, just hang on for the ride? Um, this is all I've wanted to do, and this is all I know how to do, so, like, I'm just ready for the whole thing. Yeah. Because I can't do anything else, so just throw it at me. It's just being thrown at me, and I love it. It's sick. Get to go play all across the world. Why? I can't complain. Got a few early starts, a few late nights, but I'm not working in an office, so I'm pretty sweet. Well, as we're all getting to know you, you do have a really cool backstory, and from what I gather, it starts at three years old. Is that, yeah, is that true? Did you like learn guitar, or was that just you picking up a guitar and, and fiddling around with it? I learned it? it straight away. I learned it straight away. I got given it, and I never put it down. Yeah. My grandfather gave me that guitar. Uh, he died not long ago, but um, yeah, kind of started from there. How quick did That's you write your first death. song? I don't know. They sound like <laughs> shit when you fall. <laughs> <laughs> now they sound kind of good, and it took yeah. me the um, majority of my life to get, to get them there. But it's sick, man. I get to travel the world and play in front of people that I've never met before for the first time. Music connecting is what that is. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, it's just a whole bunch of connectedness. It just connects people across the world into one tiny room where people don't use their phones and they're completely present for like an hour and a half. And that's great because you don't get that anymore. I know a lot of artists yeah. who are kind of... Uh, well, not a lot of them, but there are condemn some artists. Condemn the phones. Yeah, thing. they condemn the phones. They say, "Come on, you know." And I, I sort of respect it, actually. It's, it's. I don't have to worry about gr- going for it because you know it is an addiction. It is. I think anything. Human nature is addiction. We're just always consistently finding things to fiddle with or things to do instead of actually just being. Like people just replace addiction with another addiction. Yeah. Like they need to be entertained to be weaned off the addiction. Whatever it is, phone, ciggies. Alcohol, drugs, drugs to alcohol, or vice versa. I like being that musical part of things where people put their phone down and watch me instead. Well, I, like I mean, to be that entertainment. With your backstory of, of busking and everything, there's got to be some talent that comes from having to be thrown out on the street and just having to get in people's face, I guess. Or, or I don't know. I mean, did, yeah. is, was that how it was for you? It's called toughening the up and just dealing with whatever comes at you. And if you play shit, well, then you play because you can't hide it because you're on the street. And, and these songs that are on the EP, I mean, are those the songs that you know that you were doing out there on the streets? Have they been around that long? Mm-hmm. Yeah, been around a little bit. Like how many changes have they gone through since then? Or were you able to sort of hone in on it from the beginning? Every single time I play a song, I play it completely differently. Oh, really? <laughs> I don't even know. I don't even know what they sound like on that. EP anymore because they're playing so differently. How did you end up with the reggae sound? It's just not, you know, I mean, you can do it anywhere in the world. It's just not, you know, I don't know. I wouldn't think of it coming out of Australia or something like that. Bro, Australia's got one of the biggest reggae scenes in the world. Is it true? See, I don't know that, though. That's not That's not what I get. Like, all the no, stuff that comes out that I hear about is... That, you just get certain selection for radio, but that's like anywhere in the world. But like being in the physical place, man, it's, we've got heaps of soul roots, reggae... 
I mean, is that why you, you found it? It was just because of the scene? You know, no, it found me. I'm not a reggae artist. I'm just an artist that sure. has no genre. That is whatever I feel like writing or playing. I could write a ballad on the piano if I wanted or I could make something sounding Middle Eastern or something a bit reggae. Soul, which is whatever I feel like. And, uh, yeah, and I, I don't want to say that I was kind of pigeonholing you that way either. I mean, no, I didn't think you were. I was just making a statement. Yeah, I mean that first single when it comes out with with Jungle, and you know, you kind of have that sound. It's that's it's what it was. It was just surprising to me, and like, yeah, oh. I love reggae music, and that was when I was in that mood. <laughs> <laughs> it's a freaking. But cool then song. the other stuff on there is not so reggae. It's more soul. And Notion is beautiful, by the way. Completely beautiful. Thank song. you. Um, it's to play. I mean. You don't have to. I know some artists don't like to give them the backstory, the personal stuff. But I, you know, if it's a breakup song or a relationship song, it's yeah, it was. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely it, was one of those. I said I'm never going to write one of those songs, but you know, then you get your heart broken and there's nothing else to do, so you just write a song. You did it well. <laughs> I mean, it's the Thanks. lyrics in it and the mood in it's great too. But the lyrics are they cut they cut deep right away. Yeah, I think my ex is probably sick of hearing that song on the radio now. <laughs> That's the best like, way. I get it. <laughs> I get it. If we but, all had that you know. power with a song, I mean, if you've got the power, that's but really good. I didn't good. think about it in that way. She's like, it's not non-escapable for her. <laughs> oh, well, happens. She'll have her own story later. Yeah. But it won't. She can't sing, so it's not going to be a song. <laughs> Lucky you. <laughs> <laughs> what happens next for you, though? Because it, it, it is the EP right now. Is there an LP on the way? Because got one I- coming out next year. I'll have a full-length album. Actually, the EP is a full-length album, but it's actually six songs. I just do, you know, I saw Kanye West just make his songs as long as he wanted, and I thought, you know, I'm doing that too. Well, you can put out however many songs you want. It's just once you become a fan, uh, I want more. That's that's really the only reason I'm yeah. asking. I just want but more. But I think it's kind of good doing minimal because then you only have minimal and you really want the more instead of you putting out the maximum and then you like kind of kind of dry, creatively dry in your next direction. I think drip feeding is a better way to do it. It works better for me that way. Well, it's, I'm baited anyway, so it must be working. So good job there. Yeah. Well, cool. Well, it's been a pleasure talking to you, but I do appreciate it. And I do love the music, so I can't wait to hear more whenever it comes, but I'll enjoy this one while I got it. Nice to meet you. You too. Bye. My thanks, Tash Sultana. The brand new record is called Terra Firma. Thanks to you for checking out this uh, episode. Please do subscribe to the series if you're not already before you get out of here. Again, brand new interviews every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at Spotify, at iTunes and Apple Podcast, Acast, or YouTube where you find the video version of this. Uh, Tosh and I both in our respective uh, rooms over Zoom hanging out as people do these days. After that, after you subscribe, head over to WFPK.org where I do a show Monday through Friday, 6 p.m. Eastern, an hour full of song premieres, music news, anniversary spans, bonus interviews, Monday through Friday, 6 p.m. Eastern at WFPK.org. Consequence of Sound has your music and film news. You can also find me on the social media spots, including uh, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. All three of them are at Kyle Meredith. Also over at TikTok, Kyle Meredith 81 Please like and follow along in those appropriate places. Say hi while you're at it, so when you, when you uh, do follow. That does it for another edition. I'm Kyle Meredith. I'll see you next time. Consequence Podcast Network. Do you read Stephen King? Good news. There's a club for you. The Losers Club. 
Every Friday, us losers journey through the never-ending wastelands of King's Dominion. We sink our teeth into each of King's novels, dive deep into the lore, and review every adaptation. Even better, we're always having guests over. Thomas Jane, Will Wheaton, Mary Lambert, Mick Garris, the list goes on. So what are you waiting for? Join us as we read on through long days and pleasant nights. It's easy to hear your favorite artist on WFPK from wherever you are. Listen on your smart speaker, live stream from our website at WFPK.org, from Louisville Public Media. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's lunchtime at Tim Hortons, and we're serving up a special deal just for you. Our new $5.99 lunch deal includes your choice of any lunch sandwich and a side of crunchy kettle chips. Because what's lunch without a little crunch? And the sandwich choice is all yours. Like a ham and Swiss, Chipotle chicken wrap, BLT, and more. Made to order just the way you like it. Tim Hortons' new lunch deal. Simple, delicious, and just $5.99. Now that's a good deal. Only at your neighborhood Tim's. U.S. only. Price and participation vary. Terms apply.